Tommy, thank you. It's good to be back. We were out of town last Sunday, and uh, Jeff Tempest uh, stood in the pulpit for me and preached his very first sermon. It did quite well, from what I hear. Jeff, thank you very much. It's a wonderful story about what God can do in a life. And I don't know how much of your testimony you said again, but I love to hear it. And, and Jeff, thank you. And God, thank you for what you do in our lives. So, Jeannie, I've been on the road for about eight days. From here to Nashville to play with children and grandchildren. And on to Indiana where we lived for 15 years and visited friends. And then back to Nashville to play with grandchildren some more. You can't do enough of that. And then to Atlanta. So people ask, what's the best part of the trip? And, you know, you say seeing friends and you say the good food that they feed you and the things you saw. Maybe the best part of the week was I did not see the news for eight days. <laughs> it was wonderful. I, I didn't know. I was oblivious to what was going on. It was nice. For seven, eight days, no bad news. And when we returned home, I got back into my routine and, well, I learned about what I had missed. Cruise missiles in Syria. An attack in Sweden that I've never been there, but what Sweden ever do to anybody is what I wonder. North Korea, just to name a few. There is chaos everywhere in Syria. Thursday a week ago, when before we left on our trip, Jeannie and I were at Lowe's in Sandy Springs, and we saw smoke to the south. Black, thick, dark smoke, and wondered what in the world is that. Little did I know that I-85 was about to collapse. Atlantans will remember where they were on that day. This, that's one of those days that will be seared in your mind. Where were you when that happened? You'll be able to answer that. I cannot imagine the traffic tomorrow. Talk about chaos. It will be. Does anybody regularly go through there for work? Or Oh gosh, sorry. There are a few that have to do that. And then you get on 285 now along with those other 400,000 cars that went across that. Chaos. So let's look back 2,000 years to the first Palm Sunday. <coughs> Jerusalem, it would be fair to say, was chaotic. Scholars say that as many as 2 million people were in town. What's the biggest crowd you've ever been in? Have you been in a crowd that big before? Immigration in Malaysia. Usually people don't respond, but we have a response. That's good. What, what, where were you? Uh, immigration in Malaysia. And how many were there? Billions. <laughs> yeah, we were at the end of the line. Now that her husband preaches, she is prone to ministerial exaggeration herself. <laughs> I was at the Indy 500. About a half a million people. That was the biggest crowd, I guess. 
but two million people crowded in the streets. Luke tells us something very interesting as Jesus is headed to town. Verse 41 of chapter 19. As he came close to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. There were many reasons to weep. His mission was coming to an end of an earthly mission. But Jerusalem had become so crooked and religion so messed up. Look what Mark tells us in chapter 11, verses 15 and 16. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. Religion had become so corrupt. Instead of helping the chaos in the world, it added to it. That's a sermon in and of itself that we can go in a direction now. It was sad. Jesus said this about the situation at the temple in verse 17 of Mark 11. He said, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. Taking advantage of people that came in to buy an animal sacrifice, they marked them up had unfair money changing practices and they were getting rich. It was sad. Luke also says that Jesus said this coming into town in verse 42 of chapter 19. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late. Peace is hidden from your eyes. Jesus was sick of the chaos, the unnecessary chaos. Let me give you a little history reminder. We talked about this two weeks ago when we talked about the sacrifices, but it all started in the Garden of Eden. All was well, and then sin came. Unnecessary sin that led to chaos, and paradise was lost. And the Old Testament tells a story, and it gets confusing. <coughs> The very first sacrifice we talked about a couple of weeks, three weeks ago now. Genesis 3.21 The Lord God made clothing for animal skins for Adam and his wife. And an innocent will die for the sin of man. And this was the first of many sacrifices. And as Jesus comes to Jerusalem that day, you could smell the sacrifices. You could hear the innocent animals being slaughtered. The blood must have been everywhere. Many crooked priests were getting rich. They stopped caring for the people. And the world was a disaster. And the religious world was a disaster. And Jesus came to Jerusalem that day to put an end to the chaos. To be the final sacrifice. So let's fast forward 2,000 years. Do you think that Jesus would look at our world 
and say the exact same thing he said the first Palm Sunday. You think Jesus would come into the world and just shake his head and weep when he came into our city or any other city. From Syria to Sweden, from Georgia to Indiana, would he weep? Jesus offers peace in the midst of the chaos. But we can really be blind to it. Do you know the name Basil Ellaby? You know the name Basil Ellaby? You've heard it. It's a name that will live on in Atlanta history. He was smoking crack under I-85 when the fire started. They caught the PVC on the fire that dropped the elevated highway and caused the chaos. Talk about the butterfly effect. I began thinking about Basil Ellaby after his name was released. I wonder about his parents, his family situation, the schools he went to, his upbringing. I wondered. Did he ever hear about Jesus? And has he ever been given an opportunity to change his life? So I decided then and there I would start praying for Basil Elby and you should too. There's a lot of Atlantans that would like to kill Basil Elby. But as God's people we should pray for him. And others like him. That are in the middle of a life filled with <clears throat> His actions led to horrible consequences. Chaos comes from poor choices. We could all stand up and give a testimony about that. The same could be said about us. In Indiana, I saw some chaos. Learned of a couple that wasn't a couple any longer. Poor choices led to chaos. I learned of a pastor at a large Christian church in Columbus, Indiana, that was arrested because he hired somebody to rob his house for insurance fraud so he could pay his drug debt. Physical chaos, spiritual chaos, family chaos, money chaos. From a global scale to a national scale, to a regional, to a local, to a person. Chaos. I have a friend who called me frantic the other day. He lives in Mississippi and his daughter was stuck in the... Did you see a lot of people stuck at the Atlanta airport this past week? She was there at least 36 hours. And he called me, can you go get her? I was in Nashville. I couldn't go get her. So they sent somebody from Mississippi to, to get her. We've all seen our share of chaos. In fact, when you saw the sermon title, did you think that maybe if you wrote an autobiography, that could be the title? But here comes Jesus into Jerusalem and into your life and into your situation and into my life, and into my situation. And he offers peace in the midst of all the stuff and all the chaos that occurs. When Jesus was getting ready to head to Jerusalem, when he was getting ready for that very first Easter, he tried to prepare his disciples 
And he told them this. John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. I bet that applies to you today, doesn't it? Something new is going on in your life. There's a situation. There's something going on. You got to cross a different path tomorrow. And Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I offer, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. This Holy Week is a week when chaos is conquered. Next Sunday morning, we celebrate the end to the chaos. Victory over anything and everything, even the death, even the grave. So do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Today, it's my prayer that all of us in this room have peace, no matter what goes on or I pray you do, that you have the peace of Christ. If not, let Jesus into your life. That's why he came, to give you peace, eternal peace, no matter what the mess is around you. If you're sure of that, you celebrate that this week. If you're not, you find me after church. Let's talk. Let's pray you.